This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, I gave you some homework, and that was if you were a winter sport Olympian, what event would you be in? we got to pay this off early because we've got a lot to get to. We've got Super Bowl. We've got, uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford. Um, we've got Hall of Fame conversations to have. But uh, if you were an Olympic sport athlete in the winter, what would be your sport? And it can't be hockey. Where I put yeah. that disclaimer out there. You, you, you put the X on hockey, which is a shame. But yeah. Especially this Olympics with no NHL guys. Right. I mean, I could have floated around there, maybe played some defense or yeah. strapped some pads on me, put me in the net. And, and you could have been, you could have played for any country. I mean, yeah. you could have been suiting up for China. You know, it's weird watching that. I watched the USA-China game and half the Chinese players were American. I'm like, that is weird, isn't it? How would that feel if you were that player? Would you kind of be like, ah, whatever, you know? Well, I mean, I don't think <laughs> there so was weird. a threat of meddling, but can you right. imagine meddling and then having to stand there on the podium and listen to <laughs> the Chinese like, national the Chinese anthem? national anthem? No. Like, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that's a conflict of interest. But no, so I got two answers for you. Oh, okay. I think what uh, I'm going to give you one that's probably the most realistic, and then I'll give you one that. Um, would be awesome would, to see a 300 pounder awesome. do. Yes, and I'll start with that one. I think the one that would be the most fun. Uh, I'm staying away from the running. I'm staying away from the biathlon and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, that I can't remember what it's called, but it's the ski jump. It's like the largest ski jump where the skis are basically like wings. Yeah, and it's called dudes, ski jumping. Is it ski jumping? Okay, yeah. maybe it's just ski jumping where they float like <laughs> as far as they possibly right, can yeah. down. It looks absolutely terrifying but that's got to be probably the biggest adrenaline adrenaline rush i I think i mean how how high up in the air are these? i mean they're fast are they flying no but they're going you know 100 and you know 30 meters i think it was which what what is that you know make the conversions for me about 400 feet i mean that's uh it's a far jump. <laughs> yeah. It's a far jump. And they're going, uh, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour down that thing. And it's just, uh, it's insane. I love the little tracks that they got. The skis just fit in perfect. And right. You can't you fall gotta, off. You're right. You got to time up the jump and then the skis, the way they kind of put it out and lean forward. I mean, it just, it it's always amazing to me watching that. It's just, uh, every time that event's on TV, 
I'm glued to it. I was out to lunch with my wife last Friday and it was on TV at the bar and I felt bad because my wife was trying to talk to me and all I kept doing was watching this TV because it was just so fascinating. I think that would be the most fun event to do. Um, but realistically speaking, and I don't think this is going to shock anybody, curling. curling. I think curling. Yeah. You know, I think curling would be, not saying that it's easy, but probably the least athletic out well, of the Olympic sports that you can do, just kind of push your glide, glide, glide down the ice and push a rock and sweeping. try to line it up. I mean, I've yeah. played a lot of shuffleboard in my life. You okay. know, I've played some bocce ball. I know you're on the ice, which is a little bit different, but that probably requires the least amount of athleticism. So that would probably be the most realistic one. Uh, so I, I think we could see curling as, I mean, it's, it's kind of like bowling on ice. Um, it's it's a combination of bowling and shuffleboard, but right. you could definitely have a beer league curling. Mm-hmm. And I could, oh for sure, I could see, I could totally see you doing that. I also think, like, I would take one where I think I got to believe gravity and weight would would play and have an advantage. Now I'm not sure how much of an advantage, and the fact that you and I obviously we we pushed sleds for our entire careers, mm-hmm. like that was the training part. How about the bobsled? Like, we could put together a bobsled team, me and you, and we could be, I mean, I think our get-off would be great. I think if, if weight does play an issue, I have no idea, but if, if, if we're at the very top and we are heavier than everybody else and we slick up those skis, <laughs> that could be an unbelievable advantage for us. See, the only reason I stayed away from the bobsled and the luge and the skeleton was because it there was just, running involved. Not only that, but it's like you don't. Con- it doesn't look like you control anything. Oh yeah, you, you just fly down this ice slide, and it's just amazing. like good luck. <laughs> the noise it's just is like, coming out of that bobsled would be amazing. <laughs> it's fr- I mean, it's frightening watching these uh, the luge and the skeleton, and the bobsled's a little bit, I guess, better because you're actually in that kind of enclosed yeah. little boat sled looking thing. Um, but no, I think just not having any control would scare the shit out of me. I, I think that would just be frightening. Uh, the curling, actually, so we used to, uh, there was a curling spot right across from our practice facility in Green Bay. And there was really? one spring, Mayish, Aprilish, you know, during the OTA period where, uh, you know, we kind of had a little curling club yeah. for about three weeks. Uh, we'd go on Friday afternoons and, you know, you get so your you've pictures. Done this of I've done it before. And it's actually, I'll tell you what, it's a lot harder than it looks. I oh, mean, it's sure hard it to balance yourself. It's, it's an hard Olympic to, sport. It's hard to push off. It's hard to kind of, you know, stay stable on the ice. Once you get the hang of it, it's, you know, it's not too bad, but uh, it requires a, a lot of focus and talent. But we used to do it on Fridays. And I think we did it maybe three or four times. And then one of our uh, very prominent players fell and hit his head on the ice. And uh, that put an end to all the fun. Gets hurt. <laughs> that put an end to all the fun because we all started getting a little scared after that. <laughs> if hey, we get concussion, or we get, we get yeah. hurt uh, curling. Uh, you're not gonna, coaches aren't going to be very happy with that. So that put an end to it. But it was actually, I'll tell you what, it was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, there was a story a couple of years ago. Maybe it was the last round of the Winter Olympics, which was uh, what I guess four years ago now, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, five, well, were they supposed to be last year? Didn't no, COVID? no, that was the Summer Olympics. Oh, that was the Summer yeah. Olympics, yeah. yeah. So 2018, I guess. Um, wasn't Jared Allen, wasn't he uh, in the in the news for trying to, um, 
you know, start a curling team or try to like train. I, I there was just something I, I started to remember. It was right about the time Jared Allen retired, and I just remember him being in the news about, yeah, I'm going to go try my hand at curling, and it um, was it was it was hilarious. Yes, um, he's got the all pro curling team. Um, and I think and, they're legit. I think it's like a pro curling team. Yeah. He just went and started training. It was like, I'm going to give this a shot. So yeah. it's a headline, meet the former NFL players with Olympic curling dreams. Let's see who, if they've got, um, some other, uh, uh, you know, former players, it sounds like they do. Uh, but I, I mean, that's one of those where obviously you can have a ton of fun. It, it, uh, it, I'm, you've done it. So you understand some of the challenges, mm-hmm. but, uh, let's see. They've got uh, Mark Bulger, former quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is? I, I'm not seeing who else might be on this team, but um, might just be the two of them that kind of started. I guess it is a two man team. I think it started as kind of a joke, and then they were like, "No, like we're." Hey. Oh, they've got a former Olympian, Tim Solon, as their coach. I mean, they're they're going for it. Yeah, they're trying, man, and that's. Uh, that's why I picked that. I think it's just the most realistic. I don't know how much training you have to do. <laughs> I mean, outside of just uh, getting on ice and throwing the rock. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you got to go in the gym for eight hours a day or go, yeah. <laughs> you know, go sprinting around, uh, you know, the city kind of training and getting your endurance up. But so that's probably the most realistic one, I think. You mentioned two things. One, I mentioned the beer league, and I've got a question about beer I want to ask you in just a minute. Oh. But uh, I like I know where you're, you're going. <laughs> you're an expert. <laughs> um, but you mentioned your time in Green Bay and, you know, uh, getting a chance to do the curling. We also saw you and some of your teammates in uh, in a movie, Pitch Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Pitch Perfect. Pitch, pitch, blah, 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 blah. pitch Perfect 2. It's a good thing you had no the, lines. The second Pitch Perfect 2. Yes. Um, All we had to do was sing. What was that experience like? What When they came and asked you, Hey, we want. We're looking for some big guys. We wanted, and I don't. Was it, was it the offensive line? Uh, yeah, it was a couple of offensive linemen. I think four of us, and then Clay Matthews. They right. wanted a you know they a well known guy. Right. They wanted an A lister, so we had to bribe Clay to do it. But actually, no. Funny story. They didn't ask us to do it. We, uh, I think it was around 2013. Did you audition? Where, no, we didn't. But we had this uh, kind of inside joke in the locker room where. Uh, you know, one of our guys, James Jones, used to watch Pitch Perfect on the on the plane, you know, to away games, like every trip. And we were kind of making fun of him. We're like, dude, that's like a chick yeah. flick. You know, it's like a musical chick right, flick. Like, yeah. And he's Teenage like, guys, girl t- movie. yeah, he's like, I'm telling you, man, it's it's good. So we all started watching it. And we were like, you're kind of ashamed to admit it, but we were all like, damn, like, it is a good movie. <laughs> you know, you're kind of feeling it a little bit. So our rookie at the time was David Bakhtiari. Uh-huh. And... Um, you know, he's a California guy and we kind of made it his duty to, uh, we're like, Dave, get a hold of the producers, man. Tell them we love the movie, blah, blah. So he's like, okay. So he found out who the producers were and, uh, Max Handelman and Elizabeth Banks, who, uh, is also an actress, um, great people. And they were like, wow, this is so funny. Like, yeah, let's see what we can do. 
And it was so weird because it started off as a joke and, and then yeah. it ended up in, in a movie. All right, we're going to film. Like we're going down to Baton Rouge <laughs> to film the second movie. And and we had no idea what our part was going to be. We didn't have scripts ahead of time. We yeah. literally landed and it was like, you guys are going to be in this scene and we're going to have you uh, go to the recording studio and, and sing the songs. And we're just like, what the hell? Like it, it was so weird. We get to rehearsal. We had no idea where to stand. We had no idea what to do. We, <laughs> we had like no choreography. We didn't know. We were all kind of like trying to bump to the front of the line to get by the camera it was it was kind of funny but um that that whole experience i'll tell you what it was uh, royalties actually yes i was surprised i got a call (laughs) this past uh maybe september ish yeah and i thought it was a scam at first you know i'm very uh leery when i pick up an unknown call as most of us are um but it was a sweet old lady and she's like i'm from the screen actors guild and i have a check for you bye bye just need your all your information and I was like, well, I'm not giving you my information. Anybody could call and see right. I was in a movie so, yeah. and just ask yeah. for my information. So, you know, we kind of did some homework and ended up being legit. And uh, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was pretty cool. I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago, I got a check for like $11. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was just, might just, for every just gonna, yeah, I mean, it might just hang that on the wall rather than <laughs> spending yeah. the gas uh, money. Make sure your kids see it. Kids can take it for show and tell. Yeah, no, yeah, no shit. But it was a movie star. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun experience. It was a draining experience i'll tell you what i mean i got so our scene i mean we were in the movie for probably two minutes maybe three minutes yeah um we were there for four days it was it was a grind it was an absolute grind i think that i came out of that experience with a whole different uh respect for what actors do because it is tough man we were uh, you know, in this warehouse in Baton Rouge in the middle of June, it's 100 degrees. Uh, you're filming, you know, 14, That's 15 hours a day. Uh, you know, we had to, we could only film for, you know, five, 10 minutes at a time before they had to take a break, turn the fans on, kind of cool everybody down because it was so damn hot. But uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was cool kind of getting the behind the scenes look at how movies are directed and produced and um, watching the other actors work uh, was, was great. Um, It was one of those, I'm glad I did it, but never want to do it again type thing because (laughs) it was just, I'm telling you, man, by the time we left, it was draining. You're just standing there in this one spot and you're filming for, you know, two hours straight. And like I said, we had a very small part. And then you take maybe a 10-minute break while they change the camera angles, and you do it again. And then they change the camera's angle, and you do it again. And it's just like, holy shit. Do you ever take pictures with your family, and the photographer wants to take, like, 700 pictures? And by time, like, me, after, like, an hour, I'm like, okay, you got to have, like, four or five that are going to be good. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I can't can't force a smile anymore. I can't pose anymore. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's it's disingenuous. That's kind of what it was like. But um, it was a great experience. We got to go out there for the uh, premiere um, out in LA and go to the party and do the red carpet and, and yeah. all that. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. D- have your, do your kids watch it? Um, have they seen it? Do they, do they understand that daddy's now a movie star as well as a, a an all pro, yeah, uh, offensive lineman? My oldest I th- has seen it. Um, my youngest two don't really understand yet. I yeah. mean, but with my oldest, it's kind of like, it's almost like no big deal to him. Right. You know, because, well, first of all, he's a very quiet, humble kid, but you know, when he gets to go, he just doesn't understand yet a lot of like, 
you know, dad played in the NFL. Oh, you know, people, you know, just what he, he did. Yeah, like he, he he tells me stories. Like his friends will come up to him and be like, "Dude, dad played in the NFL." He's like. Yeah, like, and, what yeah. is it normal? You know, yeah, like yeah, he doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad works at GM. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know. Like, he just thought it was a normal job. So, yeah. you know, he sees he's doing a movie, and he's like, ah, okay, it's just kind of normal, right? Like, yeah. it's no big deal. So it's 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 pretty funny, but um, yeah, I think uh, you know we got we got a lot of slack for it, you know, in the locker room when it when it oh. came out. But you know, most people were jealous. <laughs> you know, it was it was a great time, man. And actually, if you go back and watch our part, that was one hundred percent legitimately us five or six guys singing like no auto-tune nothing doing the recording of the song was probably the funnest part we're sitting in this giant recording studio and over your headphones our song was bootylicious of course and over the headphones you're kind (laughs) of hearing they had each different part right it's acapella so you have to have one guy doing the and then a couple people doing low pitch and then a couple people doing high pitch and so through your headphones you hear the tune that you're supposed to be singing and you hear, you know, the, the tone where whatever, you know, tone you're supposed to be singing it at and you're just standing there singing into a microphone. So you have these headphones on and you're hearing them. It's like me and you talking. If I just sit here and start singing, it's, it sounds hilarious. I was taking videos of Clay Matthews and the guys and it was absolutely hilarious, but that was 100% us. They actually, when we finished that, they kind of patched it together and they put all our parts together and we were like, Holy like that sounds pretty damn good. So, but that was when they the magic when, of movie. Yeah, when you hear us singing in that movie, it is one hundred percent us. Now, when we filmed, we were lip syncing, of course, but yeah. um, that was one hundred percent our voices, man. And it was uh, awesome. it was awesome. I I had I think I had two parts. I kind of did like the middle, you know, tone, and then I was like. I was the very high part when they say, like, my body's too, bo-. that was me, like, my body's too bootylicious. That was, that was my voice. And it's very, who gets the high you part? Can, it's giving yeah, it's it's giving to me. And it was very, it's very identif, it's very identifiable when you go back and you watch it and you go, my body's too, that's 100% me. I sound like <laughs> now, but that was 100% me, no, man. No, it was great. awesome. I was actually, I was, I was proud. I was very proud because be. it was like, man, like, do we need to start? Like, is this our second career? Like, we just start an acapella group, maybe be like wedding singers or something. It was actually, a, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a great experience. So, I a lot of laughs down there too. I'm man. sure, was, I'm uh, sure, I'm sure the the fun. camera crew and those that were were charged with getting that part done have a new per, like you have that new perspective on you know actors and what they do. I'm sure they have a new perspective on on athletes especially offensive linemen and and the, the amount of fun that we like to oh have. yeah yeah and it was it, i think they were surprised with how mm, like prepared we were to do it you know they, yeah. because i, I remember i remember elizabeth banks saying you know we had no idea what to expect we were kind of worried uh you know about you guys and we came in there and, it, and it's almost like when you when you play in the nfl like it's obviously a very big stage yeah so it kind of prepared you for doing another big stage right where we just you know it wasn't a big deal to us and um man we nailed it we actually went out of our way to go work with the choreographer to like coach us up on how to dance and how to move around while they were filming because like i said at the beginning we had no idea no idea what to do 
we're all like, well, who's in front? Well, who's next to him? Who's doing this? Who's doing yeah. that? And we went through this like choreography where it was like, okay, now you do this. And when this line comes, you know, you pop out and do that. So yeah. it was pretty cool, man. Sure, we actually we went out of our way to make sure that we didn't completely embarrass ourselves. So I mentioned beer drinking. Um, and I'm going to try and transition to uh, what we saw this past weekend in the Super Bowl. Um, how many beers did you consume from kickoff to the final uh, to to when they they crowned the the new world champs, the L.A. Rams? Oh, you know what? It wasn't my best outing. Um, <laughs> I think I'd have to. It's probably nine or ten. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, I drank the IPA, so those are a little bit heavier. Uh-huh. Um, that's equals pretty much you know two of any light beer. Um, but no, I think yeah, I had a weird Sunday. My son had a hockey game at three thirty. Yeah. You know, whoever schedules hockey games on the Super Bowl at three thirty should yeah. be fired. Um, but it was it was actually a quick game. Thank goodness. You know, I was home by about five thirty and uh, didn't do a big party. Had. You know, my family, brother, sisters, mom, and then a couple buddies, you know, yep. come over and watch. And um, so there was probably, gosh, it was probably 10, maybe 12, but I also mixed a couple, uh, the little tiny drinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the little mixed glasses. Mixed a few of those yeah, in there? Yeah, mixed a few of those in there as well. But, okay, um, tiny drinks. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, you know, for me. I think, you know, pretty laid normal, back night. Pretty normal Sunday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> normal Nine Sunday. Ten, yeah. Have a case. Yeah. Normal NFL Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's obviously after you get done with the broadcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, <laughs> normal NFL playoff Sunday right. for me, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Not a normal uh, airport. Yeah. I think most people <laughs> would understand if you were yeah, uh, doing that on a regular NFL, yeah, one of 17. There's none of that. That's right post game, man. But now it was uh, – how about you? Did you uh, – I know you're not a crowd-type guy when you watch games. Like, did you, uh, no, did you go was, to a party? Did you host no, anything? No, it was me and the family and and my parents. My parents came over, watched the game. It was low-key. We had a ping-pong tournament. Did you uh, have your that, normal setup, though? No. Computer? Um, I have given the kids a break. Uh, I, I, have, I have flourished under your challenge of actually just watching enjoying the game yeah. and enjoying it. Now I spend the rest of the week going back and, and going over it and there are still going to be some times where I watch the games as I normally did with the double screen and the you know the rewind, but I have enjoyed just sitting down watching a game, and uh, you know just in, enjoying it as it happens without having to know exactly every answer uh, before the next play comes. Right. So it's been good. Yeah, it was just me, uh, my family, and my parents. We had. Um, I'm not that much of a of a beer drinker or a drinker at all, um, but we. I'm a big eater. Um, and we had a couple of smoked turkeys. We had the bacon bombs, um, which I don't know if I described to you what the bacon bombs bacon were. Bacon bomb. I don't yeah. think I've heard that The one bacon before. bombs, was it was a big hit. I got uh, a lot of people that uh, listened to, to Stoney and I in the morning uh, tried it. It is, and I, and I think that you will absolutely love this. Oh, it's bacon. Hell it's, yeah. It so, be. all right, it is a tater tot. It's a, a, a little bit of a block of cream cheese, a little cube of cream cheese. Okay. Jalapeno. You wrap it in bacon. Put it in the oven, bake it for, I. It, it, for some reason, I think my oven is off. I ended up having to bake it for about close to 20 minutes. It normally only takes about 15, so there's something you know, wrong with my oven right now. And they come out, so the, 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 the tater tot. Tater tot, cream cheese. Jalapeno. Jalapeno wrapped in wrapped bacon. Wrapped in bacon. 
I would say that sounds absolutely delicious. It's a, it's amazing. Is that not like extremely time consuming? It depends Making on what those you, things. No, it actually is not. You it, make like one tater tot at a time. Yeah. God, that just feels like it would take forever. But, but they're bite sized, so they. I mean, the 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 end justifies the means. Well, I know that, me. but I'm saying you have to individually wrap every single it takes, little tater tot. Uh, yeah, but it, it doesn't take long. So what I do, all right, I th- just to I'm get, just, I'm just thinking time here, man. That's just I, you're so lazy. I'd maybe probably nine or ten of them things. And <laughs> how many we're we talking here? Well, I make enough for me and the kids, so <laughs> I get nine or ten. They get one. <laughs> one for you, just, nine for me. I just know how it goes. Anytime you try to wrap something in bacon, obviously it's delicious, but it's just like it's time consuming. No, you, it's all in the in the preparation of making. So, these. what do you so do first? I, you lay I, out I, the bacon. No, what I do is I take the uh, the, the block of cream cheese okay. and I cube it. Right, and then very I very small yeah, cubes. Very well, not very tater small. Tater I mean, size. yeah, it's the size of a tater tot. Yeah. Right, and so I, I take the tater tot, uh, the tater tot, and I set some frozen tater tots next to where I just cubed the the cream cheese. Okay, I cut the bacon in half because yeah. you, tater tots it, are small. Tater tots are small. Yeah, and the jalapenos are all sliced. already sliced. So all you do is you take the tater tot, you take the cream cheese, you put it in the bacon, slap a jalapeno on top, wrap it, set it down. That's literally the, the how long it took me to discuss it is how long it takes to make those. That's still a long time, dude. <laughs> is it worth it though? Is that you no, know, it's one hundred percent worth it? It is unbelievable because the 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 tater tot acts as a sponge and you don't lose any of the I call it the gravy, moisture the the, yeah, the, the, the juices, juices that flow out of the bacon the as you cook it. Yeah, and no, then you let sound. them set for maybe you know two minutes after you bring them out of the oven because yeah. they're they're piping hot. And again, that tater tot just soaks it all up. It's does, a sponge. Does the bacon get crispy? Um, if you cooked it long enough, I don't like my bacon crispy. See, that's the only hard part about bacon wrap things is trying to get the like bacon wrap. The bacon fillet. was done. Hard to get the fillet perfectly cooked with the bacon perfectly cooked. I've seen a lot of people actually pre cook the bacon. You know, just like maybe halfway where it's still kind of soft. Now and, you're taking a long freaking time. Well, I'm just, I'm just, just trying to tell together, you, if you want to do it, it perfect. It. it doesn't, it's not, this is not rocket See, I like science. The, I like the crunch of the bacon. I'm not a soft bacon guy. I will eat soft bacon, but I'm a, I'm a crunchy bacon guy. Well, you're never invited. <laughs> Screw you, dude. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> hey, I'll uh, tell you what. Talking about snacks, just real quick. My mom makes this. I think she hates making them because they're time-consuming, probably like your tater tots. Um, but it's like these jalapeno poppers where, you know, she halves the, the jalapeno, scrapes all the junk out, and then fills it with, like, this cheesy... Cream cheese mix. Bread crummy, like, sausage mix. Yeah, stuffed jalapenos. Oh, my God. Like, it's... At literally every time she asks... You know, okay, what can I bring? I'm like, Ma, like, stop asking. You bring right, jalapeno. You know, yeah. She's like, God, can I just make a salad? I'm like, no, Ma, <laughs> you, you're bringing <laughs> jalapeno. Like, that's what you do, Ma. Fault we need jalapeno poppers. That's yeah. what you're doing. Don't come with a salad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she, you know, she probably hates it because it takes a while to prepare everything and do the mixture and all. But um, I'm telling you, man, it's, I, and okay, now I, now, now I understand. If it's worth it at the end, yeah. okay, it's worth the time. Put a little effort it, into it. Yeah, I'm with Jeez. you. I tell you what, if crispy you, bacon though, that's what it comes. Crispy out. bacon is always good. I, I like soft bacon as well. Now, I, I do want to actually talk about the game uh, that happened, and that was the Super Bowl because you and I both had a former teammate playing in that game. You actually had a couple of former teammates playing in that game. 
Um, but let's start with, did the Rams win that game or did the Bengals lose it? Oh, I mean... Because the Bengals were up. Yeah, the Bengals... Had many opportunities to put it away. The You know, the Rams won it. It's, the Rams won it. Um, did the Bengals choke? No. Um, but they failed miserably, you know, many times there in the second half to kind of put that game away. I mean, you come out in the second half, your first two possessions, you score 10 points, you go up 20 to 13, uh, and then punt, 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 you know, and downs at the end, right? Um, yep. So you had, uh, you had what, four possessions in that third, fourth quarter where you're up 20 to 16 to not even get a, you know, a touchdown on the board, but get a field goal on the board at least to go up seven. Well, um, and, and, and here's, how about this? Not only is it punt, 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 but it's three plays minus three yards, punt. It's three plays, five yards, punt. It's five plays minus two yards, punt. Seven plays, they finally put something together, 24 yards, punt. And you end up not taking advantage of a lead that you built, opportunities that you had, and then it comes down to the very last drive, and at third down and one, third and one, you run at Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, they they failed to capitalize. And that's what you have to do, not only in the Super Bowl, but against good teams. You yeah. get a chance to to go up and put your stamp on the game and try to, you know, turn it just to where it gets out of hand. You got to take advantage because, you know, the game, it felt like when it started, it felt like how I thought it was going to go where the Rams were probably just going to go and cruise control a little bit. Yeah, Odell gets hurt, and that completely changed everything. Like, I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways, at least, was realizing how important Odell Beckham was to that offense. Uh-huh. Because he went out, and it was just like, and they didn't even have him interception, the punt, interception, field goal, punt, 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 punt. It was just like, they the Rams couldn't do anything. Um, and the, I mean, I, I guess I'll talk about that last drive. It kind of felt like, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one, probably most of us were like, yep, here we go. Since he's going to go kick field goal, overtime Super Bowl. Like, yep. that's just so fitting to end the, uh, the, the 2021 season, uh, in the playoffs especially. But those last two plays, it, look, former NFL guy, both of us, you don't ever like to call out, um, you know, guys' effort. Right. But when it's the freaking Super Bowl oh. and you get a handoff and on third and one, you would I don't care if it's Aaron Donald. I don't care if it's Reggie freaking White. Nobody stops you with an arm tackle as they're falling to the ground. P. Ryan, I think it was. Third and one, he just kind of tiptoes up to the line and, up. Oh, I got hit, oh, no first down. And then the fourth down, you know, I had to go back and rewatch it because they didn't show a lot of replays. Aaron Donald gets the pressure. Joe Burrow kind of just chucks it up. Yeah. Did you see how close that ball landed to P. Ryan? Oh, it, he and he just it. stopped and he kind of just watched it land at his feet. Like it's just Dive. so frustrating to me because you don't you don't ever take for granted getting to the Super Bowl. You get to the Super Bowl like you you one hundred percent have to give every freaking effort you have to make a play. Mm-hmm. You got veterans on your team that are never going to get back there. You might never get back there. Cincinnati, we know, probably going to be a good team with Joe Burrow, but you might you may never get back to the Super Bowl. That's how freaking hard it is. And to not give your full effort in the biggest moments of the game, 
uh, look, I mean, at P. Ryan's probably <laughs> – those are going to be two really hard plays to watch. Yep. They're going to be really hard plays to watch, and they're pretty comparable to, um, you know, the 2015, I think it was, Super Bowl with Carolina, yeah. where Cam Newton fumbles late in the game down four, and he just kind of stood there and watched. Like, are you? it's the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? And so I thought those plays were very regrettable, and I'm sure he's going to feel like I mean, those are going to be really hard to watch. But, um, no, I think, look, uh, the Rams – that was kind of a microcosm of their season, right? They started fast, kind of hit a little bump there in the middle, and then found a way to finish strong. And you just have that many playmakers on your team. Um, look, Aaron Donald completely took over that fourth quarter yet again. Uh, Von Miller completely took over that game yet again. Um, your biggest players made the biggest plays yeah, when you studs. had to have them. And that's uh, and even you know that last drive, the 15-play drive that the Rams went on. I mean, Cooper Cup touched the ball, I think, eight or ten of those yeah. plays, 15 plays. Um, that's still going to be one of the biggest mysteries in football this year is how teams fail to cover Cooper Cup. Voodoo. <laughs> I mean, the guy Unbelievable. just seems to Guys, find his always, way wide not, the hell open. Right, not just, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford had to, you know, thread the needle. This dude was wide-ass wide open. open. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the uh, – it's one of the wonders of the world, yes, for sure. But um, no, I think. Look, I, I thought as the game ended, um, you know, I I thought it was a good game. I did. I thought it was a good battle. It wasn't a clean game, you know, by any any sense of the imagination. But yeah. I thought it was a good game, and I, w- I was. I mean, I was happy for Stafford watching him win. Um, did I feel, you know, like former teammates said that you know they're a part of it? No, I didn't feel like that. You know, I don't know how, why you would. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not on that team, and he's not on your team. Um, but no, I, I, I wanted, I rooted for Cincinnati. I'm sure a lot of us did. I uh, just, you know, I always find a way to kind of root for the underdogs. But look, I thought it was a good team. I thought it was a good game. Um, I don't think Matthew Stafford played great. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why he wasn't the MVP. Um, I thought he was good. Um, but no, I think uh, I, it felt like a combination of. The Rams just doing what inevitably what you knew they were going to do coming back in Cincinnati, just being a couple plays away from putting that thing away. Yeah, and there's more that that I do want to talk about. We're going to push some of this off to next week, but you, you mentioned it. You don't know how often you're going to get back to the Super Bowl, and with the quarterbacks that they have in the AFC, because Joe Burrow is in his second year. They were ten and seven. Uh, just how often do you think with Justin Herbert, um, you know, Jared Allen, I mean, uh, uh, Josh Allen, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you've got some really good quarterback play in the AFC. It's going to be a tough road. How often do you think Cincinnati with Joe Burrow can make it to the Super Bowl in the course of of their career? Because they do have some young, talented receivers, T. Higgins and and Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon. It, which, which, again, baffled why he wasn't in there instead yeah. of Samar J.P. Ryan. But they do have a base of talent that is a lot better than a lot of other teams. No, they do, but I think they're still uh, a few pieces away. I mean, they definitely have to address that offensive line. Yep. Getting sacked, what was it, nine times against uh, Tennessee and yep. what, uh, seven, seven times, times in the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Um, take, you know, and what, ten more hits on top of that? Um, you're not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. I know they kind of were the anomaly this year but um look i i still think that with cincinnati i mean 
this might have been their chance. This might have been their chance because even when you look at it on paper and you look at Joe Burrow, they're still team-wise at best maybe third in the AFC behind Kansas City and, and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, man. I think you, as a young player, you don't really realize how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl when you do it so early in your career. I mean, when we won it in Green Bay, I was in my second year. And you just thought this is how it goes. Eight years later, we had some really damn good teams, never got back. Mm-hmm. And you realize how hard it is to get back to that Super Bowl. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Cincinnati, look, they were – uh, I think they did the impossible this year by, you know, beating Tennessee, by beating, um, gosh, uh, Kansas City. Uh, I think they, they kind of did the unexpected. I just don't – you can't expect that year in, year out. Can they get back maybe again? I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I would definitely be surprised to see them become some sort of perennial Super Bowl team. That, w- that would shock the hell out of me um, because I just don't think that – uh, they're going to have that path again where you can get through KC the way you did. And then you got Buffalo on the other side. You got the upcoming, up and coming chargers. Like they, there's just a lot of good teams. I think Cincinnati, this might've been, might've been the best opportunity they have, um, you know, moving forward. It's just, it's so hard to get back. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard to get there to begin with. Never had that experience. Jealous of of every single guy that's had that experience, obviously, of you as well. So, um, hey, there's a lot that we're going to get to next week. We still got a couple of topics to talk about in regards to Matthew Stafford. Um, some lessons Lions fans may have learned and some positives they can pull from the Super Bowl and the season that both L.A. had and Cincinnati. Uh, but we'll bring those up next week. You're listening to Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen.